Hello and welcome. You're listening to the B Team podcast. George, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Elliot? Yeah, not too bad. What's your B Team moment for this week? Well, I actually had to dig up one from the archives because this has been an A Team week. So did uh, you uh, did you go right back to the 1940s by any chance? No, I went back to <laughs> I think I'm going to say 2014. Okay, probably winter of 2014 it was a cold one. Yeah, and uh, house drama was on at Dulwich College, and I came third in house drama in not my own house because my own house refused to take me. So I had to uh, had to find another house. So who took you in? I was my. Or did you form your own? <laughs> form my own house. Where did you do a Kanye West? And... No, it was my uh, my friend with Milton doing a rendition of one of Roald Dahl's short stories, and I had to dress in drag and uh, got a good good mention, good round of applause. Oh, very progressive for an all boys school. Well, I mean, there's no girls, so, like, how are you going to do girls' parts? Yeah, I know, but sometimes they just give it to the younger kids with the to high voices, like they did in Shakespeare. Oh, maybe. Uh, well, yeah, we, we didn't do that. Anyway, what, what's your clutch moment? Well, I was thinking I had to go back to the archives, but last night was pretty big clutch moment. Mm-hmm. Pro- proved my cooking game, cooked a, uh, a big jollof. Um, but I know. think what... We have to mention is that your food tastes like glue, and like well, it's room room on the street, and I've, I've and you you run with it. Like instead of changing your food and like making it into distinct parts, you yeah. made really good glue. Yeah, I, is, I turned a false accusation into one of the greatest compliments. You turned your biggest weakness into a strength. Exactly, clutch. So today, nineteen forties B movies. Yeah, what did you know about it? You being the novice here, um, big decade. Well, yeah, <laughs> in many ways. In many ways, um, uh, films were getting cheaper and cheaper and easier to make, so that they're more pulpier, basically. So this was kind of the decade of the B movie. Yeah, well, so film production was going up, so the cost of an American feature was normally around four hundred thousand, which is quite a lot, and they kept going up and up. Mm. But to make a B movie uh, became relatively cheap; it would be about two hundred thousand dollars or less, and. Yeah, it really thrived. I think cinemas really took on the double feature, so showing two, two films in one billing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were films, there were B-movies that would become A-movies. They'd be called the sleeper hits. Uh, one of them was, in fact, Hitler's Children. Hitler's uh, Children? Yeah. Uh, it made over <laughs> three million just in rentals. And that came out in 1943. Maybe, but, maybe we should do war B-movies. Also, who could yeah. rent movies in 1940s? There's no, no one so, video players. I think it's like the theatres renter. Oh, uh, okay. And that's how they make their money. Um, Would you describe yourself as a sleeper hit of a person? <laughs> I think, yeah. Uh, also, yeah. no, Elliot's been asked to be a lecturer <laughs> at the, uh, the University ba- of Amsterdam. Based, based on these podcasts as well. I hear. Uh, apparently, I'm doing a B-movie module. Nice. Uh, but today, we're going to start with film noir. Noir. Yeah, noir. Is it noir? Yeah, noir. Noir. Yeah. You're saying like Noah, but... Uh, yeah, film noirs, uh, because in 1940 is where they were born. Mm-hmm. And they were born with none other than Stranger on the Third Floor, uh, which is my film today. Um, we found some interesting stuff about the guy who made it, didn't we, George? So the director is Boris Ingster. Yeah. A Russian bloke. Mm-hmm. What did you find out? I found out about him that he was commissioner of the in the USSR, which does not. I thought that was equivalent to Stalin at the beginning. So, like one of Stalin's cronies. No, I thought he was basically <laughs> like. 
I thought he was starting a Lennon before starting a Lennon. <laughs> yeah, well, he would have come after Lennon, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. anyway, details, details. <laughs> I thought he was a big fish, but apparently he was just kind of like pretty high up in the party. But he is still kind of a big fish because he was also an affiliate of Sergei Eisenstein. Yeah, a very and you tell us about Serge because <laughs> I think he's called Serge and apparently he's not. No, so. Sergei. He was a prolific Russian director, famous mm. for Russian montage in the 1920s and yeah, 1930s. Big films were Battleship Potemkin, Obviously, you have the uh, the, the famous steps. steps scene. Yeah, you've done your Wikipedia reading. Oh yeah, uh, and Strike. That's a very prolific montage film, so I'd recommend those two. Mm-hmm. But this one's very different. Stranger on the Third Floor. Yeah. Um, it borrows more from German expressionism. Perhaps we should define first what we cons- what is a film noir. Do you have any idea? Dark. What would you say, having watched the great or the first ever film noir? Uh, Sexy, tall, dark, leading men with inner monologues in dark, dangerous words, worlds with femme fatales. You're, you're close. You're close. So there's obviously voiceover narration and an urban setting. It's mm-hmm. all about what happens in the material. Film noir on a farm would be quite <laughs> difficult. <laughs> well, maybe uh, the farman Maria was almost film noir. No. Mm, no? No. Hard sell, hard okay. sell. All right. Uh, but yeah, sort of heavy shadows, dream sequences, low camera angles, um, and an innocent protagonist that is desperate to clear themselves of being falsely accused of a crime. Um, and so, yeah, it sort of borrows a lot from German expressionism, uh, the whole sort of ex- extorted shadows and this real sense of eerie hauntingness. And it's no surprise that uh, the famous Peter Lorre features in this film. Uh, do you know where he's from, George? No, where is he from? Uh, so he starred in uh, Fritz Lang's M, which is all about a paedophile who... He is he is Nazi-looking. Yeah, he's just a very creepy bloke. And as I was telling you before, he was just notorious for being casted as the stranger or the villain. Um, it's hard when you get that. Are there any actors you could compare to him today in the business? Who always... Just cast as the nonce. I say he's the opposite, the antithesis to Adam Sandler. <laughs> I would like. I would like to see them switch no, roles. No, no, but in um, Uncut Gems. Sorry. Yeah, I know, but he's only just started that. He's gone doing down the path of yeah. potentially like reversing, becoming yeah. Hollywood's greatest nonce. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your latest accusation? Yeah. <laughs> Defaming Adam Sandler. Well, okay, so what were your thoughts on Stranger on the Third Floor? Did you like it? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it, it felt very modern. There was a lot of like fade-ins, which I th- think come in in the 1940s, which we don't see in the early 1930s B-films. Yeah. It looked like the production was quite good. The writing was really good, I thought. It had like a nice narrative where like it solved itself. Um, I think you've got to tell the plot first. Like, Okay, so it starts with... By the way, its budget was only $180,000. And it made over... That's a billion in today's money, though. <laughs> it made a few million at the box office. Um, so trillions today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the film is all about this newspaper man who is the star witness of a murder. And he sees this guy called Briggs 
who uh, who's at the crime. But I felt so bad for Briggs. Yeah. When I saw Briggs, I was like... <laughs> he hasn't done it. Briggs has big George energy, I would say. I saw myself <laughs> in Briggs, or I am the modern-day Briggs. Yeah, so the guy's called Michael Ward, and he, he sees the guy, Briggs, standing over the body, but he doesn't see the murder happening. And it leads to his break in the career, gets a brand new promotion, but this guy's also convicted on Michael Ward's testimony. Mm. And Briggs is pleading his innocence throughout. Um, and it takes his wife, oh no, his fiance Jane, to say, I've got a funny feeling about this, Michael. Jane um, is a woman done right in film, I feel. Jane is yeah. Jane is epic. Yeah. I, my girlfriend is as good as Jane. I'm not going <laughs> to say I want Jane as my girlfriend. I, I think Charlotte's a Jane type. Okay, that's a big compliment. To Would you. you call Alex a Jane type? No. That's harsh. <laughs> I, say, I call it as it is. Um, but yeah, and Michael doesn't really believe Jane. He's like, come on, come on, darling. Come on, woman. <laughs> we'll be moving into our brand new big house soon. But he he then catches this stranger on the third floor of his apartment, mm. chases him, doesn't find him, and then he has this scary nightmare. I've just realised that's after I have watched the film, but I still realise that's why the title is <laughs> Stranger <laughs> on the Third Floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he has this scary nightmare that he his next door neighbour has been killed and he's been framed for it. I think we have to talk about the nightmare because that's probably the yeah, best Yeah, the dream scene. sequence is probably the best part of it. Yeah. And Go you, on then. Well, you said it's from German Expressionism. Yeah. Care to do, care to do a tangent? Uh, so it's all sort of like the shadows um, and sort of the abstract nature of it. And the Dutch angles as well. Yeah, exactly. And you have like uh, really high chairs on which the judges sat on. Yeah. Uh, I also didn't know, did you see... A lot of symbolism as well, people morphing into things. Yeah, did you see the lawyer make uh, the... The Nazi Nazi salute. salute. Yeah, Yeah, I thought I saw that right. But yeah, um, and he wakes up from the dream and he thinks, it's just a bad dream, I'll shake it off being the man I am. And then he sort of... He basically, he hates his neighbour and there's sort of ground for suspicion if his neighbour was to be murdered. And he sort of then realises how Briggs could have been framed for, you're looking at me, question. I was, did we ever realise why this girl, guy murdered the two random people? No, he's just a stranger. Yeah, because that, that is that one problem me. I have with the plot. <laughs> why does he just keep murdering people near this guy? But I think he's, he had already gone to prison. Or he, he had either gone to prison or he had been on a psychiatric ward because he said he didn't want to go back to somewhere, but he never sh- stressed why. doesn't make you guilty. Prison is about reform. Yeah, I know, but I think it's more... It is it's a critique of the system, the legal system itself. There is a very critical film of the legal system. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised for 1940s Hollywood. Yeah, and yeah, I wonder why it came out then. But was who did you say wrote it? Frank... Frank, big Frank, Frank the Tank from Austria-Hungary. Uh, Frank Partos. Yeah. So maybe it's because they're both not American. Frank Partos came to America without speaking English and became a writer of films, which I have a lot of respect for as a person. Yeah, that is big respect, and he wrote the female character very well. Yeah. Hey, the burger part. Go on, talk to us about that. Oh, the burger part is actually such a good like switch and bait. So why? Because well, it's a classic set. So he walks into this restaurant and orders two burgers. Yeah, and doesn't ask for them to be cooked and ask for no bun. So immediately you're like, this guy's a creep. Like, what's he doing? And then you go outside and you see him feeding them to his dog. So it's like he's not a creep. He has a dog. He's a nice guy. So well, it's, it's a strange. It's a, uh, it's a stray dog. So he makes even, even better. Nicer. Yeah, 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 it's a great switch and yeah. bait. 
Um, but and to the ending, what did you think about the ending? Um, I really like the ending. I'm a sucker for like a, a narrative that comes around in itself. So basically, you see the guy who got convicted of the first murder, who you were unsure about if he committed or not, is now escaped because they found the stranger on the third floor who committed the murders. And uh, he's outside, and he's he he gives them a free lift in his taxi cab. Yeah, it's just a wholesome film. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, perhaps the re- we should sort of say more on why it's a critique of the legal system, um, and it's partly because Briggs had a criminal past, and so they were quick to instantly assume yeah. he was the killer. Briggs uh, being the man at the yeah. end who has the taxi cab. Another good fact for you: the set designer uh, worked on Orson Welles' film. Um, Citizen Kane, and he also did King Kong. The set, well, you can see in the dream sequences, the sets were really good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there you go. What about yours, George? Oh, so it hit me. I had, I had cats. Yeah, cat people. In all fairness, Elliot picked the films this week, which was slightly unfair because <laughs> he gave himself the best film, and I got the less. No, because I saw Cat People a few years ago, and I, I wasn't ready to go through it again. Basically. Cats is a film. Cat people. Cat people. Cats is a very different film. Cats, Cats is the awful James Corden musical. Cats, that. Cats are people too. <laughs> so basically, Cats is a film about cat, cat people. <laughs> cat people is a film about this man who marries a Serbian lady. And for some reason, A, the marriage is the smoothest pickup I've ever seen. But it's really quick. Yeah, yeah it's impressive. Yeah. Carry on. And um, he picks her up while she's drawing panthers at the park by herself. Even, As you do. Even though she's a fashion designer. Yeah. designer, So that's that's suspect already. Yeah. And um, he marries her. And then after the wedding, she decides to inform him that she uh, can't have sex with him or kiss him. Because if she does, there's a myth in her village that means she'll turn into a big, angry Serbian cat. Yeah. So let's hold up there. Let's talk. Why? Why cats? Why is... Why is, where's the cat fascination come from to turn this into a film noir? Horror? So Val Letton, I yeah. think is how, probably not how you pronounce his name, but yeah. let's big go. Big Val. It. He was big Val. He's a big producer. He was a big producer of B movies, yeah. and like I imagine Val, ah, oh, just a producer of B movies who just gets the job. No shit, Val was what yeah. they called him. <laughs> no shit, Val. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, just like he would have just got B movies made, and apparently he he went to his director and writer who was like. There's been stuff on werewolves. There's been stuff on zombies. I haven't seen anything cats cats yet. <laughs> you got two months, $100,000, make a cat movie now. It's the kind of... And like, they hit it out of the park. The kind of American hero that you love. Yeah. And right. um, yeah, they knocked out of the park. But my problem with this film, not my problem, my takeaway from this film, it was all a film about doing due diligence on your girlfriend getting married. It's <laughs> like, basically, he got himself into a situation where he married someone who wouldn't have sex with him for an absurd reason. Yeah. And, yeah, he should have done his due diligence. Yeah. And, that, well, so carry on. So, so what, yeah, um, they get married. She claims if they kiss or have sex. I think kiss is how 1940s say movies sex. say we say sex. Yeah. Um, that she'll turn into a big, angry Serbian cat. And um, then... She starts to become jealous. She of, starts to become jealous of Alison. Yeah. Who, Alison is a holly, to be fair. Yeah, be she jealous. seems pretty smart. What is his job? Is he an architect? He just says uh, numbers the whole time and like, has a know. ruler. I got really confused about that. I don't know. It's yeah. never explicitly mentioned. No. And but, um, Yeah, they work together. Yeah, Alison. he gets jealous of 
his uh she gets jealous of his assistant Allison. Yeah. And um eventually this jealousy manifests itself into turning into a cat. Yeah. And stalking Allison. And also during this process he decides to get her counseling to yeah. make her have sex with him. Yeah, this part's really weird. With uh what's he called? Uh Doctor Jeff. Doctor Judd. Doctor I thought it was Jeff. Oh maybe. I thought it was Judd. Anyway, anyway a, a non trustworthy doctor. Yeah. And um, the doctor ends up trying to seduce her. Yeah, which works. Which works. But in the process, she turns into a cat, eats the doctor. Yeah. And then they go and she runs away. But the doctor has stabbed her a little bit, but she's not dead. And she releases another panther who jumps out, gets hit by a car. (laughs) And in the process of that panther jumping out, she gets hit by the panther and then transforms into a panther on her death. (laughs) And it ends with, ends with, um, Alison. And what's her husband called again? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) That's shocking from us. Michael. No, Michael was the last guy. It ends with Alison and uh, her husband being like, she never lied to us. (laughs) (laughs) So what's your take on it? What, what's it? What does it mean? It's quite, there's definitely some Freudian analysis. If I did my homework, I could <laughs> understand it. But I was a film about what it is to have a wife who won't have sex with you, I feel. Well, I also think it's sort of the introduction of the idea of the femme fatale, which also goes sort of hand in hand with film noirs sometimes. Yeah, and femme fatales are always described as slinky, and I feel there are yeah. quite a lot of ca- This is literally the personification of the femme fatale characteristics. Exactly, exactly. Which is quite interesting. Uh, yeah, sort of how the female's always doomed in some ways. But I had a big problem because when I first, when you first start watching this film, she's presented as a very sympathetic character. Yeah. And I was like, finally, Serbia's getting the attention it deserves. <laughs> because as I was talking to Elliot, uh, but if you know a Serbian who's not a war criminal or a footballer... Then you're probably Serbian. <laughs> then you're probably Serbian, yeah. Who's a footballer who's known for his two-footed tackles. Yeah, then... They do get a bad rap. Yeah, so I was happy, but no. And, <laughs> and, it for and me. what's the king called? King John. King John. Yeah. I think it's like John, but okay. I go King John. I and thought he... I thought for a while they were saying King uh, Kim John Hall. <laughs> <laughs> no, just me. Just you, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and did you think um, the what's her name? Simone Simon, I think, is the actress's name. Of the Serbian woman, she. Do you think she had kitty-like features? I did, but uh, <laughs> we know who else. So, no shit, Val. <laughs> Big energy. No Val. shit, Val described her as. I like to have a girl with a little kitten face, like Simone Samine. Cute, soft, cuddly, and seeming not at all dangerous. Yeah. Bit weird from Big No Shit Val, but he do does think take no shit. Getting typecasted and then as so, cat girl. Yeah. <laughs> and they, you know, they made the sequel to this uh, two years later. Yeah, apparently it's nothing like this film, though. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And they also made a remake of it in the 1980s. With David Bowie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I wonder what that would be like. Do you reckon David Bowie's the cat? He is a cool cat. Yeah. Uh, that, hmm. I, both of these films, now I think about it, like, we could definitely do an episode where we just make up random films, like Return of Dogmen, 1977, <laughs> and, like, people would just believe us. But there, so there's a film called Leopard Man. I I saw which was inspired by cat people. Mm. I do think cats was a really fun idea. Like cat someone, people, <laughs> cat people. I think cat people was a really fun idea. Someone could definitely do it better. So how would you do it better? There were some good scenes. I would like think the um, 
when some of the fo- stalking scenes were pretty good. So you had the introduction of the jump scare. Yeah. And stuff like that. I think set cat people in Germany and spell it with a K. Yeah, that, I think, yeah. That was the take last time. Yeah, yeah. You've got to have, like... I think it would work really well in, like, a nightclub. Someone turning into a cat, like, at four in the morning and, like, killing people. <laughs> and you're locked in and you have to find the cat person. Yeah. Because people in nightclubs are kind of slinky and cat-like. They are with me. They never want to be my <laughs> friends. And they always... Whenever I stroke them, they run away and... Oh, I, I tend to quite like cats. I'm, I'm allergic. I'm, I'm heavily allergic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be quite... What happened if Charlotte was more like the person than cat people? Charlotte's allergic to cats too. I did ah. my due diligence. <laughs> so it pays to do to do your groundwork before. Yeah, that. yeah. I, there was a really good point in cat, women, cat people where uh, they put a bird which died and then she went and fed it to the panther in the park. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a really tiny bird. But I would like I would like to see people bringing their dead dead pets to like zoos and feeding them to tigers. The way she threw the bird into the cage. Yeah, that she had a pretty good arm on her, even though at the start she couldn't throw a piece, a piece of, of paper into the bit. I guess that's also a good, yeah. That was a really smooth pickup. Yeah, I mean it was when men still could be creepy and charming. Yeah. Like, you could follow someone around and just pick up their stuff. Like, yeah. imagine if you went to a girl now and just picked up her bike. Yeah. <laughs> and walked off with yeah. it, and then they have to follow. And then he turns up with a cat on the second date. Oh, yeah, that was a ballsy move as well. Yeah. I, and, yeah, and the cat was obviously scared. I didn't... Why was the cat scared? Yeah, I got confused by that. I thought the cat would Is have enjoyed her presence. she's supposed to be a big panther? A bigger cat. <laughs> She's the big cat. She is a big cat. Not as big as Val. <laughs> Not as big as Val. Val. Val is the big cat. So, George, which did you prefer? Obviously your film, because you <laughs> gave me the shit film. <laughs> okay, what did you take away? What would be your main takeaway from cat people, other than do your due diligence? Or women. Um, cats. Cats are scary. Swimming pools. There was a great swimming pool scene, and I feel there needs to be more swimming pool scenes. Because she goes yeah. down, she stalks her, and she's swimming alone at night. At like indoor swimming pools, always great. I've never seen a bad indoor swimming pool scene in any film. Yeah, it's a safe bet. Yeah, like indoor nightclub swimming pools, even better bet. <laughs> so this is your next movie. <laughs> Think about it. Like, jo- have you seen John Wick? No. Oh, that's a bit awkward. Have you seen It Follows? Yeah. And there's a big swimming pool moment in that. Yeah. I actually haven't. I just want to make you feel bad about John Wick. But <laughs> no. is the follow swimming pool? Have you, do you know a bad swimming pool scene? No. Yeah, I think swimming pools are. Are there any what we should? Have except for Waterworld, which was a film shot in swimming pools, which was one of the biggest box office bombs of the nineteen nineties. Really? Yeah. Wait, uh, Piranhas wasn't uh, water park, was it? I think in Piranhas Three Double D, the sequel to Piranhas. Um, there's a couple of water park scenes. Maybe you should make a prequel to Piranhas. The origin story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, Piranhas, that's a B movie. Yeah, exactly. But we are tangenting hard. <laughs> we are. Uh, yeah, that's probably it for now. What would you, what, what would your takeaways be? Uh, Stranger on the Third Floor, more dream sequences, or dream sequences yeah. like the film Noir that we saw, and uh, better representation of Serbians in cinema. Yeah, I think we need that. Yeah. Next week, we'll do B-movie B war films. Ah. Or in the 1940s still. Yeah, um, 12 plus episode. 
Yeah. Don't bring your children. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs>